I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow ambassador. And I'm Jen Garecki, your co-host and the CEO of Coalition Snow. For those of you who are new, get ready to laugh, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is about taking the conversations that we start on the chairlift and at the trailhead and bringing them to you to explore alternative narratives that challenge the status quo about what it means to be a modern woman in the outdoors. Grab your helmet because sometimes it's a bumpy ride. FYI, friends, this podcast is for mature audiences, so you've been warned. Let's get to work and juice the patriarchy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Juicy Bits. This is Jen. This is the last episode of season six. Jillian and I are sitting, yeah, we're crying a little bit. We're sitting here trying to think about what we want to talk about for the last episode has saying cunt 26 times or 62 times or any iteration of cunt many times come up as a way to end the season? Yes, it has. Are we going to do that? You have to listen to find out. Um, Could we possibly be talking about how young straight white men annoy us? That would be also reasonable to do. You know what they say, punch up, not down. That's totally reasonable. Could we do that? No one knows. Um, Could Jillian get into her favorite books as part of her book club and what she's been listening to and reading? Yeah, that could also happen. Jillian, what else do you think is possible for this episode? Well, my hot button issues related to my sequins jumpsuit and how it's going to play into our upcoming photo shoot for coalition i can't i can't reveal the the t-shirt that i'm gonna wear over you'll just have to stay tuned um for upcoming social media and our fantastic website of next year's skis and snowboards so but Uh i got a yes on the sequence jumpsuit so i feel like check the day is a success i'm celebrating the wins um the other piece i needed to really clarify was the definition of day drinking and we talk about drinking on the show hopefully not to any we don't you drink don't drink but I drink Jen drinks you know this this is not news but I was trying to understand the definition around day drinking so we might be like talking about that a little bit setting some of our own boundaries and parameters around functioning in life which is kind of hectic as fuck in all of its beauty and then okay I just well, okay, we have to talk about the day drinking Google thing, it? though. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, so also, Jillian I love has Google taken too. issue, Jillian has taken issue with one of my posts where I said that I don't day drink, so, or snort coke, or do meth, and so I am healthy, I don't want to hear anything from anyone, and she was like, um, bitch, I have had drinks with you during the day, and I was like, have I had drinks during the day? Yes. Am I a day drinker? No. Now... I just want to say this is what Google says. Heavy alcohol consumption during the day. 
So when I say that I don't day drink, I mean it because do I consume copious amounts of alcohol before 5 p.m.? No, I do not. Do I consume copious amounts of alcohol occasionally between the hours of 5 p.m. and 5 a.m.? Yeah, it's been known to happen, but that's nighttime drinking, Jillian. And I never said I don't do that. Yes. Again, it was, it, it was, we're resolving it right now. And it was great because I thought, well, yeah, I, this is important because being healthy is super important, you know, yeah. putting ourselves out there on the interwebs and what we, what we put out that we, and we also then attract that, but, you know, just looking out for each other. Cause you know, a Topo Chico, uh, you know, in the afternoon after riding together, that's like water. We kind of have established that and I enjoy that. That is water. Anything at yeah. 5% is water. Like that is absolutely just drinking water. 5%. It's, and it's really primarily functions as hydration with just like a little, like a little kick to it. Right. But yeah, mm-hmm. Topo Chico's during the day don't count as day drinking because they only have 5% alcohol and they're primarily water. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those would be things that are, I, I feel so good. Again, I'm cel- today is about celebrating some of the small wins. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think as we, as we wrap up another season, which I'm so thankful to do this with you, my friend, and I was looking back on some of our episodes and I really applaud you. One, because you have so many beautiful humans in your life that you also get to sit down and interview I will say I felt pretty short this year bringing any interviews to the table, um, but maybe I'll set that as a goal right now with That's our listeners. Goal. Well, my one that I really thought was a great lead turned out to be a very odd human to communicate with. I, I don't really I rem- know what happened there. Yeah, you worked. You I helped, remember. You me so, well, we worked through that. I was like, we my did. email's weird. Am I weird? It's possible mm-hmm. that I am, but I thought this was, this was cool. So I'll set that as a goal for our listeners right now that I'll bring – I'll bring some magic to season seven. So there you go. Spoiler alert. There will be a season seven. Um, (laughs) But I'll have to say the interviews are so fun there. Yeah. You just do a phenomenal job. And I know in all the work that you you. do, there's, there's kind of an art in that, right. And asking questions, but then also just, um, just the circle of, of people you get to surround yourself with. And that brings me to where, I was not only in the books that I'm reading right now that I'm loving, but the people that are like literally pissing me off to the point that I'm like, uh, I'm going to get angry in public. Um, I'll give you an example if I could, and maybe listeners, you can chime in on the thumbs up, thumbs down, or like Jillian seek an online therapist. So I'm checking into the pool and there's this like hooded young white male occupying the young woman of color. Who's trying to check me in arguing and advocating for himself while she's trying to work, you know, she's trying to check me in at the pool, that he's really nice to girls and she should talk to him. And I was like, is no. this kid? Yeah. I was no. like, is this, is this kid for real? And the, the young woman is like, you can't see me right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm miming typing. You know, she's looking up our little account, getting my kids timed in for swim lessons. So I couldn't resist. I couldn't, I turned to him. I said, if you want to be nice to women, you need to stop centering your feelings. That would be That's one cool. way to be nice right now does not center you what's happening here you're making me feel bad i was like oh my god so here i am oh oh you're feel oh shame shame i I interrupted i've just cock blocked this boy and now i've hurt his feelings because i cock blocked him fuck off exactly so you know and i'm like i'm like again if you would like to be nice 
Stop centering your feelings. Yeah. I am. Uh, Micah was like, can I go to the locker room, Mommy? I was like, yes, you need to go. And the, the <laughs> You're going to go right now. Looking at me. Yeah, you go put your bathing suit on because Mommy's about to drop, like, F-bombs and, like, get the fuck out of here. And, like, I want to call security. The young, the, Thankfully, and I don't know if this really existed, but it's happened to me before, this, this young woman and I, she, we kind of locked eyes. And it was like I could feel and see. She was like, you just gave me, like, the language that I need to get this kid to go away. And she mm-hmm. did it. And so I'm standing there still saying it. And she was like, I agree with you. If you wanted to be nice to me, you would stop centering your feelings. I have to get back to work. And her and I had this like victory moment. And then I like all, I was like checking to make sure he left. So I didn't have to call pool security. I didn't get kicked out, but kind of had, again, the small wins. Um, And I wanted to fucking punch this kid, which I did not do, but I was, this gal and I had a moment and I was stoked to give her that. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. no one called security on me this year and I didn't get kicked out of anything. I feel that like that's a small win for the season. No, no one. Although I will say, you know, this is another spoiler alert for next year. Um, Am I working on being a comedian? Is it, am I writing jokes and bits right now? Yes, I am. Will that be a part of season seven where I actually have to practice my jokes because everyone's like, you have to practice. I'm like, fine, I will fucking practice. Am I going to practice here on Juicy Bits? Yes, I am. Um, am I legitimately going to do stand-up next year? Yes, I am. Is it part? Yes. Is it part of what Jillian was referring to earlier with the sequins, which is I will I will let the cat out of the bag. It is the I Like Older Women tour. So are there going to be I Like Older Women shirts, crop tops, tank tops, sweatshirts? Yes, they are. Is Am I going on tour with a being about being an older woman comedy? Yes, I am. Will I get kicked out of things next year? Very possibly. Mm. Will security be called on me? It is likely it's possible because I know what I've been writing and it is inappropriate. It's extremely inappropriate. It's also fucking hilarious. It is not no young ears should listen to the things that I will be saying next year. But yeah, that's going to be part of season seven is I'm going to have to practice my stand-up. So this is all part of your also like master Reno plan. This makes yeah. sense too. Yeah. Because you have like this, the kind of the nightclub circuit there. Yeah. You have also like the support and kind of the rad part. And then you have the people in Reno that will be calling security on you. I want to know how you're, compiling your security team that's a good question but yeah well i'm like i'm gonna take the i like older women tour on tour so we're i'm working on tour stops in denver salt lake portland tahoe reno mammoth like i'm serious katie burrell i'm fucking coming for you okay i'm fucking coming for you i'm doing this um how this is a good question though how am i going to i need my own security team I feel like I don't know that that's a good question maybe that's where like the ambassadors come in like I make sure that I go to um locations where we where ambassador team is there and then like they are like my like then I have like an entourage when I walk Mm -hmm. in like a full like entourage and I like come up on also none of you can see the movements but I'm like coming up big on the stage and like maybe I'm wearing like you're a big, like on that one a little bit. <laughs> yep I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna like 
Yeah. Um, so I think with that, I should have my own security, likely. Yeah. Because some people are going to dislike what I have to say. Exit, exit strategy. The, yep. you know, it could be like the unmarked fancy car, but that's not the one you're getting into. You're going to get into like mm -hmm. the stickered up Subaru with all wheel drive because just the retreat. Um, yeah. So I think those are, those are kind of be some details that can be, that can be worked out, um, mm -hmm. but just good things to think about. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely, it'll oh, I be, can't wait. I can't wait. There's going to be lots of joke practicing next mm -hmm. season. Um, yeah, I don't know, just lots of things to look forward to, but really the point of this episode is that we, we are very good at digressing in case no one has noticed. Um, mm -hmm. We just want to do a really fun recap of some of our favorite moments from season six. So um, enjoy the next mm, 20 to 30-ish minutes where we're going to be, be choosing just little snippets of all the different episodes and mashing them up together. And so if you missed an episode, you get some of the best parts. Also, if you missed an episode, you can go back and listen. I would highly recommend that you do that also because you want to stay in the loop. You don't want to miss out on anything that's happened. Um, and if you have ideas for people for us to interview for next season, topics, if you would like for me to come to your location with the I Like Older Women tour, any of those things, please send us a message because we absolutely want to hear from you. No one can believe that we are wrapping up the sixth season of Juicy Bits. And yet here we are, uh, which is really just Juicy Bits, a.k.a. when Jen and Jillian get to hang out with each other. And uh, you're welcome that we record it and share it with you. I don't know. Like, that's really what we're doing here. In case anyone missed that, too. Like, it really is just our hangout time. Um, I mean, we hang out other times, too. But this is this is, this is is really about us. And um, we're going to be doing it again for another season. Yeah. And that gives me an idea and this could come in season seven. Cause I'm sure Jen, we can figure out a way to make this work. I think we actually have um, the capacity to do a record of a real hangout time. Cause we kind of get together, oh, yeah. get to record. Um, but there's some magic that happens there that I think could, mm -hmm. that could, it could find its way under the show. Yeah. It's good stuff. So we're going to lots of things. have this yeah, mashup. Um, I had a great, this is a great season. Um, it was a good so season. yeah, enjoy. And we are here for you for all your loves and likes and comments and look out for um, the older women out there too. Mm -hmm. Come into a ski town near you next season. <laughs> Not joking around. All right, friends, chat with you next season. Enjoy your summer. Much love. Bye. As with most things that I've done in my life, I feel like if I would have really thought them through mm. all the way, I may not have done them because mm. everything is more difficult than you think it's going to be. And so at some point, you just have to do the things that you want to do and, and certainly endeavor to be very good at them. But if, if you think through all of it, you may just say like, oh, I don't know if I want to work that hard or I don't know if I want to put myself out there that much. So I'm glad that we didn't really think this one through because now we're in season six and it's been, yeah, the, interestingly enough that the day that I let the day that I got on my flights to leave the country was the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned. 
and I'm on the airplane. So I had, I flew from Reno to Dallas, Dallas to Doha, Doha to Nairobi. And the whole time I'm on these flights crying half the time, writing and looking around being like, just, I wanted to scream. Does everybody know what just happened today? Like, why isn't everyone freaking out? And maybe I don't, I don't really know, but that was a, that was a really, um, interesting way to leave this country and to start summer. And then of course, when I got to Kenya, it's all anyone wanted to talk about Mm -hmm. was how in the actual fuck does a place like the United States of America, which is supposed to be like individual rights and the place where we have freedom and independence. Mm -hmm. How does a place like the United States overturn Roe v. v. Wade? And I had to explain to all my friends in Kenya, like, why are we actually surprised when you look at the history of the United States and the way that this country was founded Mm -hmm. on colonization, the forced removal of indigenous people through violent oppression, control of people's bodies, why would we think that it's odd that we overturned Roe v. Wade? So that that was how I how I really sort of kicked off my summer. And here we are getting ready for fall to start moving into midterm elections. So that's kind of been like the biggest topic of conversation for me all summer and something I've been thinking about, like, what are we what are we going to do about this with the midterms? Because it along with everything, it's just such a big deal. I remember thinking when you you had a post up and it might have been your boarding pass or something and you were like, mm-hmm. yeah, fucking, I'm fucking out of here. And I remember thinking, I hope that you come home. Like, because I was having the like- <laughs> No one knows. Yeah. I'll let you get back to your question. I just want to say one more, one more thing. Um, you know, when I was having a, a late night the other night with Mr. Sexy Time, mm-hmm. one of the things that he said that I thought was something to consider is he was like, well, because I- one of the things I, I was I've been speaking about is like what would happen if we chose to be the party or chose to be the people in power? We continuously come from this deficit of oh those people, the other people who have the power, we don't have it. And I was like, what if we just changed our mindset and said we will be the people who have the power? And he said, well, power corrupts. Mm-hmm. Are you worried that you would then be like them? Are 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 you are you concerned that the reason why? Um, the Republican right has been so successful is because they don't have a problem with their own corruption. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and I was like, wow, I don't, we would only know if we got there. I'm certainly interested in finding out what that might look like. <laughs> and in the like utopian feminist world that I want to create, the answer to that would be no, we would be better, but I don't, I don't actually know. So that, that is a concern of like, what, what are we willing to do to get the things that we want. And then are we, um, you know, do we lose our integrity and our morals and our values in, in this fight? And I don't, I don't know. But anyways, I digress. Well, that is a- yeah. yeah, I definitely get, get that. I find that because you do work, you know, for me, I, I would say I probably work seven days a week, like certainly, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or like much bigger days than what a Sunday would, would be, but you're never, I find that you're never fully, fully off, but what helps me so much is getting outside, even if it's for, you know, that hour on a Wednesday morning to go for a bike ride or go for a quick ski and maybe do something a little bit longer on a Friday. Like I find just by carving out these like little moments every day, just make, it makes a world of 
of, of difference and allowing yourself to do that. Cause it's so easy to think like, Oh, look at, look at my to-do list. Look at this huge, look at all the lists. I'm, you all can't see this right now, but I'm literally holding up every single piece of paper. That is a list to Bonnie right now. Things I have to do. You could say to yourself, I have too many things to do. I can't, I can't go out. But if, you know, I just, you know, I, I just know that if I don't get outside, even just for a little bit, you know, four or five days a week, nothing on my list will get done. Yeah, definitely. How every living thing, it's really a delicate balance, whether you're fishing in Wyoming. Like I remember once when I was first learning to fly fish and we were up on this river and everything looked perfect. You know, there were all the bugs were there, everything. We should have been catching fish, but it was just overfished. You know, in the end, it was like, oh, this is overfished or just watching the climate change through the years. If you're just anywhere in nature and based and you've watched climate change happen, I think that I mean, I'm not a sustainability expert, so I don't get to talk about it enough. But I feel like that is like one of the things that Ibex is really focused on is our sustainability efforts, even though we are a small company. And I think other brands are really focused on that too. But what is handed most of the most often it's handed to people and Mm. they say, okay, this is our sustainable mission. But what I hope for the world is that we all, and people ask me another question too, of how do you feel about all these people that are moving to Colorado? Right. Mm. And all Mm. the congestion on the trails, doesn't that, you know, and I have friends that are just like so sick of it. And to me, it's just like, well, these are more people connecting with Mm -hmm. nature every day. And so like, I'm the person that is on the top of the peak and I like give everybody the tips on how to, to see even more of Colorado because I want more people connected because when we all connect to nature, then we're all going to be more conscious and aware of like what we're putting on our body and what these companies are doing Mm -hmm. to have less impact on the, you know, impact on the world. Based on this, I, I was thinking back to so much of what I struggled with and challenged was when I would show up. And even now when I show up, I would have to ask myself, like, what am I bringing to the table? Am I able to help these other humans in the backcountry? Am I able to read, you know, the tide charts as well to, to plan for a Dawn Patrol surf? Do I know a safe exit route? So it kind of came down to what am I contributing? And so, you know, maybe fast forward, you know, 10 years in that process with Brennan and I, there was a lot I was able to learn from him. And then we almost had to not necessarily separate the romantic part, but bring it together as like, we're friends doing this together. We're, we're partners. We're, we're, we're here to keep each other alive. So it was almost like setting the boundaries within a given context because it could get really messy really fast. And I will also say there were times just in the actual physical dynamic of this, you know, person, Brennan being, you know, much stronger, physically bigger, much more capable in certain settings. And that was also something to kind of just learn to put in as part of the dynamic. And in the listeners know they share, you know, kind of seeking out and spending time with women and women in the backcountry. And, you know, Brennan uh, guided for a solid 10 years 
maybe more than that, where he was gone a lot in the winter. And so I started seeking that out myself. And I recognized like doing my own Abbey level education, being the one that picked the objective, called on the friends, picked the meeting spot and took on little you know, leadership roles in the mountains with still that collective safety was such a game changer and such a shift in how I felt like I could show up. And I I say, uh, I think in my note back to her, I was saying, you know, I try because this is still an ongoing thing. That sense of feeling inadequate within certain groups can be really real, right? We all want to show up and feel like we're welcomed and we're loved and we're in the right spot. And there's, you know, there's no imposters, but there can still be those levels of insecurity and those questionings of, you know, where one fits in a dynamic. And I do think that comes down to really good boundaries and good communication. And then also if people make you like, there's a few people I used to call them like, you know, the fuck you breaks, you would get to a point where people would stop and you would get there and I'd be like sweating and like, you know, struggling. And I'd be like, huh. And they'd be like, okay, we're going. And I'd be like, fuck you. You've all been sitting here for like 20 minutes having a snack and now you all feel recharged. Like those would be people I would stop wanting to spend that time with because it became more to them about their objective and not so much about having kind of that camaraderie and that community sense in the mountains, which I found and I still find just as enjoyable as maybe our objective. And so I think, I I hope I'm not taking the listeners right now down kind of this rabbit hole of, all right, Jillian, now I'm going to write a letter to have you unpack like 10 things you just said. But really in that sense of, I think we've all been in situations in dynamics where there's a sense of inadequacy and jealousy. And I'll just wrap up here, Jen, before I let you chime in. The biggest point I tried to drive home with this listener and I try to drive home with myself is, and I think they touched on it, you know, is everything comes from us, not at us. And it's one of this Tibetan worldviews that I love in, in my meditation practice. And so can we, we can remember that as it comes from us, we try to recognize, you know, where that is and how deeply rooted it is. And then the other piece is recognizing that we are enough. So as we've showed up, we are enough. But if we aren't, say we legitimately feel like we could not save or help the person that we are out in the backcountry with, then that does come from us. And it's on us to be and bring our best skill set. Last point, sometimes it is perfectly awesome to not get asked on a certain ski day or a certain expedition because that, in my experience, it's been that person honoring the boundaries I've set. No, I do not want to be out from dark to dark on type two fun for multiple laps with you know potential frostbite and the things that, that my partner will engage in. And that's something we lovingly learned over the years. But I will say initially, I'd be like, well, how come I didn't get asked? And I'd be like, oh, that's right. He's not asking me because I've made it very clear that that's not the kind of stuff that is joyful for us to share in in the mountains. And that's where I think it's a lot of pressure to think you get all the things from one person. And that's where those friendships and those group dynamics to foster as adults in this world, I think are so valuable. You're telling the story and I'm literally running through like which, which troll is Jillian talking about? Which one? And I, so that, that, yes, I, I cannot remember exactly which man And they're predominantly straight, cis, white men who give us this air quote feedback. But yeah, I would, I, oh, just the... Every time we get something like that, they wanted to like describe or something where they didn't want to see like the word ski and the word like sexism in the same, you know, email. Or they were like, how can you... Sorry that I can't... Sorry that we're not going to continue this idyllic... A fake version of what it means to be a huge, like, it's so ridiculous to think that every single person who recreates in the mountains actually can separate out what's happening socially and politically 
from their ev- everyday life. If you are a person who can, who who actually says, oh, what happens politically, what's happening out in the world doesn't impact me, you are one of the most privileged people in the world. And good for you. You know what? Good, I wouldn't want to take that away from you necessarily. Like, I don't need to wish any any harm on anyone, but to not be conscious of the fact that there are so many of us who cannot separate what's happening politically and what's happening socially from from our everyday lives. Do not send me those fucking emails. You're not going to get the response that you want from me. It's you're not going to feel good. And I'm and and part of it is I I won't engage with your shenanigans. Like I'm not going to argue with someone who has such little understanding of the world. And that's what I mean like you're not it's not going to work out well for you because you're not going to get the last word and you're not going to be able to like win, which I, I know that's what you're trying to do. But yeah, even look at, right. But I, th- I think another thing, I, you know, I, I think that what, what we're trying to do here is give people, you know, this is this community, like there are people who feel similarly as you and you do have people who, who support you. And, and certainly, you know, as I said earlier, there's different people who have different levels of safety about what they can and, and can't say. But one thing that you, that I think uh, is something you can always do is you can you can ask people for clarification. So if somebody says something that is, you know, even mildly racist or, you know, you're not really sure how, like, did they mean that? Did they not mean that? What was that about? Oh, but I know them. They're so nice. They, oh, that must have just been a slip of using the old name for Palisades. They don't really, you know, whatever it is, you could just ask for clarification. You could say something like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand what you were saying, or I'm sorry, I'm not sure what mountain are you referring to? I'm sorry, you know, you can, you can just ask, you can ask for clarification. You don't necessarily have to always insert your opinion or tell people the way that they have to think, but creating that moment where you, where they have to be reflective upon what just came out of their mouth is, I think, a, is a, easy way to start for people who are very nervous and or inexperienced and or worried about the repercussions. And and with that, I will say, really consider what the repercussions are. If you are a straight cis white woman, unless you're in a, I would probably say like a domestic violence situation or you were looking, you know, or, or you might get fired, which is not probably really a thing. What are you worried about? What are you worried about losing? Like, what is it that you can say that maybe people won't like you, but that's the extent of the repercussion is that people don't like you. Who fucking cares? Who fucking cares? Because for all the people who won't like you for speaking up, those are probably not the people who you want in your community anyways those those aren't your friends it shouldn't matter if people like you or not and by by speaking truth to these issues you'll find that you actually end up building a completely different community of people who are working like you are to make the world a a better place for all people stop worrying about being liked like that is not a legitimate enough reason to not be vocal about issues the legitimate reasons would be your physical health, your psychological health, you know, like the, you know, losing, actually losing a job. There are, you know, going to jail, there are real things, but otherwise not being liked is not a good enough reason to not be outspoken. Mic drop. 
<laughs> but it's run by all men. And I've been in business for four years and have a really loyal following. And it's been difficult to raise capital. But yeah, to run a business with morals is definitely challenging, but it's what the world needs more of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I feel this way. And then I quickly tell myself, to shut the fuck up, (laughs) stop saying those things. So I will start with that. But sometimes I do think like, you know, what could be different if we just showed up in a way that was more pleasing? Like if myself personally and my brand showed up the way that the world wants women to show up, that we're, that we're nice, that we're pleasing, that we are endlessly forgiving, that we cater to everyone else, that, that if we did that business would be easier And then sort of how I backtrack on that is I think, well, God, but you would be so unhappy, Jen. Like you would just, that's, that's the kind of stuff where you can't sleep at night because I wouldn't even be true to myself Mm -hmm. at like, if that's not me at all. So I don't know what it is that you have to tell yourself to stay the course of being values driven, but it's certainly like I have, I have these conversations not only in my head, but out loud with myself all the time because I live alone. So I can talk to myself and there's no one to think that I'm like, that I should stop. So it's constantly talking out loud. But what are the things that you say to yourself to kind of get over the doubt? Yeah, it's just, I mean, I've got a really strong journaling practice and, you know, I try to just do positive affirmations, but truly every day, I mean, we've talked about this, every day is an emotional roller coaster, and you never yeah. know what email is coming into your inbox. So it's really hard to stay on track, but yeah, I mean, I've got my list of values and I think, you know, by following my values, something like Bhutan Fest has come to fruition, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe Maybe I don't have the best sales for the coffee, but you know what? I stuck with my values and now we've got this wonderful festival for women and femme-leaning folks to just come and be themselves. And I think by creating a more welcoming and inclusive environment for women, more ideas will come to the table. It's almost like a meeting of the masterminds, you know, like by having all of these women together who are like-minded and outside because that's where, yeah, everything good comes out of from being outside with friends. And so- Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people ask, well, why does it have to be all women? Or why can't it be more inclusive with men? And it's like, well, we would love to stop saying a female entrepreneur, a woman entrepreneur, an all women's event, but it needs, you need to make some big waves in order for everything to be neutralized. So I think by sticking to your values, something good is going to come out. Well, and with this event in particular, like there's no way that you could have, I mean, straight men there, certainly like, because then it just turns into another event that caters to them. I think that that's what, what men miss is that when they are not a part of something, it allows other people to be centered. And when they are a part of it, they are the ones who are taking up all the space. They are talking more. It's everything sort of, you know, caters to their preferences And so when you remove men, you actually have this opportunity for women to shine. And there's enough things in the world that everybody gets to go do. So just let us have a few fucking things, please. Let us have a few fucking things. The world, like every day is your oyster. You get to do all your things every day. And now that we finally have a few things that are ours, it hurts your feelings. Stop. Like go to therapy create your, like have your own journaling practice, meditate, do whatever it is that you need to do, but let us fucking have it. Just that's, you know, you just bring up a really good things that happened in 2022 
Mm-hmm. Or was it 2021? Mm-hmm. See, I don't know. So the resort in Tahoe got a name change. We now officially have Palisades as the name for the resort, mm-hmm. otherwise mm-hmm. known as the S word, which I was on the lift yesterday and there were mm-hmm. all these people, like they kept using the old name. And I kept mm-hmm. like, I was on the corner, I was on the edge of the lift and I like kept trying to figure out a way to like insert myself into the conversation. And I was like, eh. And because uh, I was about ready to be like, oh, so you have you all been on the gondola Palisades? Like I was just going to and they were just I could not get a word in edgewise at all. But what a great thing that that we have that like a corporation took a step to eliminate a name that was wholly offensive to indigenous people and to women. And yes, were there people who still act like that name change was like somebody like, you know, ran over their dog. Yeah. They acted like it was that personal, but it's really, that was good to see. And and for all the ways that like nothing has changed, Mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to think about the few things that have. A little intimidating for myself because I know I'm a good like snowboarder, but when I see them, like my headspace goes the opposite direction. I'm like, doubting myself and everything. And so showing kids that they, Native kids specifically, that this space is as equally theirs as it is everybody else's. That's so important, right? Like you can't be what you can't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think for me, like getting into it at first, it was just something fun to do on the weekends, especially in a city where we have so much winter and it's really cold and brutal. And it's honestly pretty uh, sad to live here in the winter I think if you don't like go outside and make sure you have fun activities to do so for me that's how it began and I think I stuck with it just because I have built a little bit of a community especially with other women where it's like no like we we deserve to be here we get to take up space especially in backcountry skiing where like decision making and conversations is such a big element of it I know like when I ski with men, I find like myself feeling smaller and diminished. Whereas when I ski with my female friends, we've made a huge point of like everyone's voice gets heard and everyone gets to say something. And even if it's wrong, that's okay. We're going to hear it and we can like make those decisions together. And I think that's honestly just kept me coming back again and again and again, because it feels like a space where like we get to work towards empowering ourselves and also hopefully empowering other women that we bring into our circle as well. Yeah. And I want like my younger sisters to experience that as well so I'm I'm hoping like with things like this that the culture is shifting a bit but I think for me right now it just kind of feels like I need to keep taking up space here and it still does bring me a lot of joy and happiness but I'm like I can't quit now like just keep showing up keep taking up that space because like we deserve it and we we are allowed to be here there's a lot of nodding happening right now like (laughs) everyone's nodding nodding I feel like there's a lack of accountability and understanding for sure especially kind of you know when they're out when people are out in sacred spaces you know like mountains that I don't know my community holds really like dear to us there's this they have I feel like non-indigenous folk have this sense of like freedom as you guys were saying earlier like I don't know kind of like a release for everybody and they kind of forget, I feel like, that they're in this sacred space and to treat it with respect and to kind of like understand that it's not just for them to go out and enjoy, but also kind of be aware of just indigenous people taking up that space is important because it's, you know, their land and they're where they need to go to uh, kind of pay respect to their ancestors or just to the land itself. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, what are we even talking about? We're talking about you finding the armpit hair. Oh, which the 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 silver one. The silver one. <laughs> yes, that's the one. I mean, I I thought about not saying anything, but then like I had to. Why did you have to? Because <laughs> it's adorable. It's cute, and it just was there. And I thought it was cat hair. <laughs> so I, I did. I for whatever reason, my brain said like, "Oh, that's just like a weird, it's like a cat hair." Because like, there's so many fucking cats around here. Yeah, and then I, I, like, cautiously grabbed at it, and I was like, "Oh, let me just get this. Oh, oh, that's yours. Oh, that's attached to you." <laughs> and then I decided to announce it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the color of red that you turned. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I've never seen you that red before. I don't know that you'll ever reach that level of red again. Aging is something that is both beautiful and difficult at the same time. I'm very happy with where I'm at in my life and what I've learned over these 45 years on the planet. And I don't want to go back to a younger version of myself. And yet there are things that you recognize in aging, whether it be... um, you know, the bags under my eyes, it just won't quit or wrinkles that don't go away or sagging skin, or in my case, like gray hair. And I have it, I have quite a bit of gray hair and I didn't realize I also had it in my armpits. Now I know that I legitimately have gray hair all over my body. Thank you, HG, for the heads up on that. Cause I wouldn't have known. Um, but there is like, there, there, it's part of that of like, oh, here's yet another thing that I get to deal with as someone who's aging, as a woman who's aging, while at the same time recognizing like, bitch, you could just wax your armpits and you wouldn't have to deal with this. So this is 100% your own thing. Like if I was really so concerned about what somebody else thought about me, wouldn't you think that I would wax my armpits? I'd have a Brazilian. I would remove all the hair from my legs. Like I would do all those things and yet I don't. And yet I show up with um, this wonderful new lover and I haven't done any of those things. Like there is hair on my legs there. While I try to keep, you know, the vajay relatively neat, it's not, you know, it's not where a lot of people feel comfortable. Clearly I have hair in my arm, like all these things, right? So I could have chosen to show up in a different way. Um, but number one, I feel comfortable enough with this person that like they just accept me for who I am. But also I accept me for who I am. I'm not trying to be anyone but who I, but who I actually am. And so that's how I would find myself in this situation in the first place. And so being who I am, you know, they, they sort of, you know, like, we don't use that name. We're not doing it. And I said, oh, so do you like to use the word cunt? And they looked at me and I was like, do you like the word cunt? And they didn't know what to make of it. And I said, well, I'm asking you that because when you use that term, the, the you know, the um, former name of the, of the ski resort, that's essentially what you're saying. Like that, the, the word is a derogatory term against indigenous women that is sexual in nature. 
Um, and I said, so do you feel comfortable using that, that word? And their response was, well, we didn't know that that's what it meant. And I said, well, why do you think they changed the name? And, and so this, these are these fascinating parts, right? Like you feel so strongly that you're going to argue with me. I am the owner of a ski shop. You're going to argue with me about the, the use of the name, but you don't even know why it's being changed. Like do your fucking homework. So then I said, well, you know, as, as a woman, I don't particularly care for the word cunt and I certainly wouldn't want to be called cunt. And so now that you know that that word is essentially equivalent to calling women cunts, do you think that you'll use the word cunt? You, will you continue to use it? And I just kept saying it. And they just looked like they just could not even wrap their heads around what was going on. A lot of people don't don't use, don't correct people or don't bring it, bring it up. Um, don't acknowledge the fact that the name has been changed. And I think that has more to do with being taught that we're meant to, meant to keep peace and that we're meant to not, um, not challenge others and not wanting other people to think poorly about us. Um, but that like that mentality is what upholds white supremacy, that the niceness around it, like, this would be a time in which you not being nice is exactly what you should be doing because if you approach these situations nicely, then you are reinforcing white supremacy and, and that is problematic. There's also an opportunity to reframe what is nice. Whose side of nice are you on? So if there, if there was a group of indigenous women standing there who would you be nice to? I'm also air quoting right now. Who would you be nice to? Like, who are you trying to protect? Are, couldn't you argue that by using the name Palisades and encouraging others to do so and speaking to the truth of the name change, aren't you actually being nice to all indigenous women and then indigenous communities and then us as a global community? Isn't that fundamentally nicer than maintaining a language that like language that has been used to dehumanize people so that then they could steal and murder. And like, what is like, what is this concept of niceness that we're trying to uphold? Like, oh, let's go. Like I have an audience, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> on the other end, as a musician, you also only want to be on the stage when the show is ready to be shown. So there's also a part where I'm like, uh, this isn't for public consumption yet. I'm still learning how to turn. I'm still learning how to get down the, the, the heavier, the steeper one. But yeah. I like the bravery of it. I like the fact that staying alive keeps you present. Staying safe and not getting injured keeps you present. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this idea. No, this isn't ready for public consumption yet. I'm, I'm going to over here. No one needs to see this. I see this. Yeah. Literally, I'm workshopping this privately. But you know what's also important? There's an, and then the, like the wiser self comes out, like the meditation Kieran comes out, meditated Kieran. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, like show, like model bravery, like model messiness and like model the fight, like model going down the slope you know, making it happen rather than not attempting it at all. Like, that's what people need to see. Yeah. If you look amazing going down the slope, then everyone's gonna be like, oh, like, I don't look like that. So there's no way I'm going down that. Yeah. How do you, how do you, or like, what is like, what are the routine or the little things that you do to have that bravery before you go on stage? Because you, I mean, you've, you've just put out a new album. 
you you've been performing all over the world and you you put yourself out there how how do you mentally mm. prepare for something like that you know i've seen the detrimental effect of hearing other people's judgmental voices and what that does is it prevents you from going on the stage altogether it would prevent you from getting on the snowboard altogether it would prevent you from running a marathon like it's these are this is we only get one life i want to live fully i want to live to the max and i know it's messy and so the biggest lesson that i've learned is that fear voice that everyone has it really is so debilitating and it's the opposite of freedom mm. and i'm really interested in freedom and freedom looks messy freedom looks playful freedom looks kind to the self and on the other side of um of that bravery is where all the good good lies all of the improvement so i've had terrible public speaking like back in the day before i let go of alcohol I remember like when I did my first TED talk, I like went straight to the bar and like had like chugged like three beers because I just wanted to completely forget about the vulnerable, embarrassing experience that was that TEDx. Mm. Yet to this day, and I was only 23 when I gave it, to this day, people mention Atomic Living, that Brooklyn TEDx that I mm. talked. You know, to this day, people are like, I loved what you did that day. And it's so we never know. But you, you get better only by doing is, is the point. And so I don't mind looking messy. I don't mind having bad shows because these are on the way to the good good. Yeah. And that, I mean, the movement and, and the play, I think like a lot of times for those of us who are pretty dedicated to something in the outdoors or de de dedicated to a particular sport, we forget that it should still be fun. And mm. um, at, at that moment, and, th and there's always going to be moments when it's not fun, right? Like either you're going to have a hard it's freezing, fall, you're you're freezing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or you have like a gear failure <laughs> or you're in an awful lift yeah. line yeah. or you had to sit on the chairlift with somebody who you're like, you're still lucky. I'm not going to push you off right now. Um, all the things you're that might, might happen. Right. But um, if you're not like, if you're not having fun, then you really have to think about why you're why you're doing it because like that movement and that being in your body should always include some sort of of joy. Is that the podcast? We did it, <laughs> and we fucking did it. Fucking did it. <laughs> we're, we're the reason 